0: Hi, my name is Pamela Koons, Associate Professor of Medicine in the Division of Oncology at Yale School of Medicine and Yale Cancer Center. I'm excited to announce ASCO's new open access journal, JCO Oncology Advances. As the inaugural editor in chief, I hope to support JCO Oncology Advances to become the premier platform to bridge the gap between accessible scientific research and clinical care. Stay tuned for more information, including new article types at ascopubs.org forward slash JCO oncology advances. We look forward to seeing your submissions in spring of 2024. This JCO podcast provides observations and commentary on the JCO article, Risk of Fracture After Radical Cystectomy and Urinary Diversion for Bladder Cancer by Amit Gupta and Colleagues. My name is Philip Saylor, and I'm a medical oncologist at Massachusetts General Hospital Cancer Center and an assistant professor of medicine at Harvard Medical School in Boston, Massachusetts. Bladder cancer often feels like an orphan disease. Research funding and therapeutic progress are seemingly hard to come by. Many well-designed studies have been closed for a lack of accrual, and the Phase three trial that tests Standard of care chemotherapy plus or minus bevacizumab for advanced disease is currently still slowly accruing participants, approximately one decade behind the equivalent trial in colorectal cancer. Meaningful insights that can potentially benefit any subset of this patient population are always welcomed. Amit Gupta and his co authors have recently published the results of a population based analysis that examined the risk of fracture after radical cystectomy and urinary diversion for bladder cancer. They found that even after controlling for important comorbidities, cystectomy with urinary diversion was associated with a significant increase in the risk of fractures. This work was hypothesis-driven and can be readily discussed and applied in the clinic. It is the subject of this podcast. Radical cystectomy for patients with bladder cancer represents a major life change. It is a long and technically challenging operation, with high rates of operative complications and hospital readmissions, even in the very best of hands. Those patients that recover well from the immediate hazards of surgery and the postoperative period are challenged by lifestyle changes brought about by their urinary diversions, be they continence or incontinent. Whether battling nighttime incontinence with a new neobladder appliance, challenges with a new urostomy appliance, or other difficulties. They are stressed by post-operative adjustments to -to day-to-day life. In this context, it is easy to overlook the importance of skeletal health. The foundation for the present fracture analysis is found in careful prior work that defined the acid base and electrolyte abnormalities produced by urinary diversions. The short version of the story is highlighted by the fact that any urinary diversion can lead to a chronic metabolic acidosis and a loss of bone mineral density. In addition, continent diversions such as an orthotopic neobladder may cause more loss of bone density given longer time in which the urine is in contact with the intestinal tissue with which the diversion is constructed. The longer version of the story includes mechanistic details that are worthy of discussion. acid base disturbances due to urinary diversions are well described. Whether a diversion is continent or incontinent, the most commonly used intestinal segment is the ileum. Passage of urine through the ileum leads to excretion of bicarbonate into the urine and absorption of ammonium and chloride. The net result is a chronic hyperchloremic metabolic acidosis due to the exchange of bicarbonate for chloride and the inappropriate absorption of ammonium. This produces negative effects on bone metabolism in several ways. First, calcium is released from the bone to buffer the acidosis. Second. Acidosis stimulates osteoclasts and and inhibits osteoblasts, tipping the balance of bone remodeling towards resorption. Third, acidosis inhibits renal tubular calcium reabsorption. Finally, the sacrifice of the segment of ileum from the gastrointestinal tract impairs the absorption of dietary calcium. The result seems to be higher bone turnover and, over time, lower bone mass. Though these themes generally hold for any intestinal urinary diversion, additional factors may be important, uh, including surface area of the bowel used, time of urinary retention, and baseline renal function. Informed by this work, Gupta and colleagues hypothesized that cystectomy with urinary diversion would be associated with increased fracture risk. In order to test this hypothesis, they carried out a population-based SEER Medicare analysis that included over 50,000 patients with non-metastatic bladder cancer, a cohort that included 4,878 patients who underwent cystectomy with urinary diversion. After controlling for patient and disease characteristics, they found that cystectomy was associated with a statistically significant 21% greater risk for fracture with an adjusted hazard ratio of 1.21. The incidence of fracture was 6.55 fractures per 100 patient years. This effect is relatively modest in magnitude, but is seen clearly within their analysis. This new knowledge can potentially be put to productive use for the benefit of our patient's health in several ways. First, it compels us to make a structured effort to assess and manage fracture risk within our post-cystectomy patient population. One might argue that the most crucial detail is not found in the particulars of how we do this, but that we do it at all. It is too important to ignore, even as we celebrate hard-earned victories over life-threatening bladder cancers. I suggest that the best place to start would simply be to follow the National Osteoporosis Foundation guidelines for fracture risk assessment and management as written for the general population. Bone mineral density is easily measured and available online resources, such as the World Health Organization, FRAX, F-R-A-X, Fracture Risk Assessment Tool, are readily available. Our patients should be assessed at regular intervals and should be treated to reduce fracture risk when that risk exceeds guideline-defined thresholds, such as a greater than 3% 10-year risk of hip fracture by the FRAX algorithm. Second, and just as important, is that we need to advocate the importance of these efforts to our patients themselves. We and they together tend to focus on cancer news, such as the latest reassuring follow-up CT scan results. They will surely benefit from a clearly communicated education about bone health and an appropriately long-term view of health and survivorship. There is no minimally symptomatic prodrome to an osteoporotic fracture the real work needs to be done before the first event occurs. And finally, further research is clearly needed. Should therapy be instituted early in the postoperative period in order to prevent hyperchloremic metabolic acidosis, as some have advocated? Should anti-resorptive agents such as bisphosphonates or denosumab be used, and if so, for what duration? Many clinically crucial questions remain to be answered. In summary, Gupta and colleagues have published the results of a SEER Medicare analysis that found a significant association between cystectomy with urinary diversion and risk for fracture. Let's take this information to the clinic and work hard to advocate for our patients' long-term skeletal health. This concludes this JCO podcast. Thank you for listening. For more original research, editorials, and review articles, please visit us online at jco.org. This production is copyrighted to the American Society of Clinical Oncology. Thank you for listening.